We trying to behave ourselves on the story? Well, y'all know what we thinking right now. <laughs> I'm ready for the night. I got a little extra energy. I don't know what might come out of my mouth tonight. As you can tell them to sit their bad asses down so we're grown folks in here talking. <laughs> T-G-I-M. Hey everybody, it's your girl Claudia Jordan. It is Wednesday and I am back. We are back with a brand new fresh episode of TGIF. Now we're here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. So sit back, relax, grab you a little something to drink because we about to spill a whole bunch of tea. All right now, please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds to the show. Hey Al. What's going on Claudia? What's your drink Al? Right here baby. What is that? Uh, you know, my New Zealand, uh, Sauvignon Blanc, I forgot the year, but it's a very tasty one if anyone's interested. <laughs> Wine drinkers be making me laugh. They be like putting so many extras on it. They be like, it has notes of cherry and mahogany. It don't taste like that to me. I think this one does have notes of cherry and mahogany. Good call. <laughs> and it, it tastes like summer. <laughs> I'll be tasting the same. Oh, please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host Funky Dineva. What's up, Q? What's going on, y'all? What you drinking tonight? Alka-Seltzer and water, honey. I had with the Jocelyn's Cabaret last night. It did it like it was my B-Day. You know that song she got, do it like it's my B-Day, baby. <laughs> do it like it's my B-Day. Did uh, she perform that? If that's what you want to call it, a <laughs> performance, then... Are you saying Jocelyn Hernandez is not one of the top five most talented female rappers in the game? Is that's that what you're saying? That's exactly what I'm saying, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, she looked great. She's pretty. She's pretty she as hell. great. Uh, I went on a whim. I was out to dinner, and my friend was like, Jocelyn's Cabaret tonight at 10 o'clock. You want to go? And I was like, not really. Um, but we out, so let's just slide. And it was, it was, it was an experience. Was it so? The cabaret, the girls—they've been training for a long time, getting it. I see the clips on social media, and listen, the show was a hit. Whether mm-hmm. you like it or not, the show's a hit. So, was it a sexy cabaret show? Um. So I was expecting burlesque. I was expecting like. 45 minutes of like rehearsed routines. I was expecting some solo performances and some chair dancing. And it was Jocelyn performing four or five of her rap songs with the girls basically like freestyle dancing in the back. Can they dance? Um, Stripper dance. I mean, you know, make it clap and bend over, show the world and, you know, that type of stuff. But uh. Was it everybody that's on the cast? Or I don't watch the show, person? so I'm not for sure. Okay. Or whatever, but it was some girls. Okay. Well, Jocelyn, I'm sure she looked great. She's a pretty girl. She looked real good. In mm-hmm. shape. And listen, love or hate her, that girl is very entertaining. Okay. We're going to put a button on that and move on. In January, film director Ryan Coogler uh, was mistaken for a bank robber. Um Handcuffed and detained is what they did to this brother after he tried to make a withdrawal from his own account at a Bank of America in Atlanta. Now, Kugler, who's wearing a hat, mask, and sunglasses, handed the bank teller a withdrawal slip for $12,000. And on the back of the slip, there was a note that read, I would like to withdraw $12,000 cash from my checking account. Please do the money count somewhere else 
I like to be discreet. Well, the teller who happens to be a black woman thought it was an attempted bank robbery. So she triggered the alarm and the police were alerted. Now, was this a case of racial discrimination or would you have made the same assumption if you were the bank teller, Al, you, this is your field right here. What do you think <laughs> about this? You know, this is a combination of racial stupidity. First of all, you can tell he's new money. That's number one. Number two, anybody knows that if you have a Bank of America account and you go to the bank teller, you have to show, you have to insert your bank card into a machine and identify yourself before they will even service you. That's number one. So you coming into the Bank of America, sliding a note and, and have a written note that counted in private, it's just dead wrong. That tailor did exactly what that teller was supposed to do. And look, Let's just think about this. How many movies have we seen with bank robber scenes in it where that's exactly how they rob a bank? And he is a movie director. He creates the movie. So in my mind, it's like, okay, what are you doing? Reacting to a movie? I don't care what color you are, purple, blue, brown, or gray. You do not go to a bank teller with shades, a hat, a mask, and slide them a note without identifying yourself with your ID or your account number. You are asking for that teller to do exactly what she was trained to do, and that was to ring their alarm. And let's not mention the fact that they had two friends out in the car waiting for him outside in an idling car. And let's not mention the fact that the teller was pregnant, so she was like, okay, I got a baby here that I got to protect too. We're not playing these games. So, you know, to me, he knew better. He knew better and he shouldn't have done it, period. Okay. Q, have you ever gone and spent trying to get cash for your Fox Soul salary? And they were like, that's just too much. And we are, you are suspicious right now. You know what? I, I have not. And to Al's point, I don't understand why you need that much cash, right? Like, I'm always leery of people who walk around with big wads of cash. Like, isn't it just more convenient to use your card? You know what I'm saying? And then not to mention, let's just say, granted, it's none of our business what he needed the money for, but get a cashier's check. Now, I don't like the headline of this being racial. I didn't see anything racial in this story. Um, you know, any discrimination. Um, but, you know, Al... I think a lot of this could have been mitigated had the lady just read the damn note. You know what I'm saying? And I get all the elements were there for it to be like a, a, a robbery, but had she just read the note, I mean. Well, like I said, if you have a Bank of America account, you have to insert your card to identify yourself to the teller first. There's a protocol to it. But on top of that, you got to understand that in addition to him passing a note without identifying himself and without an identification uh, uh, and an account number, he asked for $14,000 or $12,000. Guys, that's a whole nother procedure within a bank. When you request that amount of money from a banker, I mean, from a teller in cash, you trigger a whole different process of customer service, which includes the Privacy Act, the Patriot Act, distributing money uh, of, of an IRS um, um, notification, there's a lot of layers to this that he just ran through all of the yellow cautions lines and right through the red. And it ended up having him in handcuffs and his friends. Daniil Thompson in the chat says TMZ has the video where he showed his he said he showed his ID and inserted his debit card. So I'll get your facts correct. Uh, 
okay, Danielle. Um, was well, it? I watched it. I watched the TMZ clip. I did not see that. But if that was the case, if he showed all of his identification, why then would the woman push the emergency button? I do think. Um, well, see, I, as far as taking cash out as someone that goes to the casino, I can see why someone would take a large amount of cash out. And we don't know what it could be for. He might need to pay someone on the table. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not here to judge that part. You never know what that's for. But the notes, I would have just whispered to the lady like, hey, can you like, um, you know, be on the low with this, especially in Atlanta or L.A. where people are getting jacked when they get out of restaurants and cars like I get wanting to be quiet about it. But the note, I would have just said it like he could have whispered it to her. The note does make you seem like it does. I, I would be thrown off if I was a lady as well. I don't. It definitely doesn't seem race, racial to me as well. So I guess we're on the same page with this one. But I get I get the cash thing being a degenerate gambler. He may have a craps game. <laughs> and plus, at, that, at his level of success, actually, he should have a private banker. He should be banking somewhere that he does not have to go to a teller to get large sums of money from. There are banking services out here in places like First Republic and City National, where if you call your banker, they will meet you in the bank. You will go into their office and they will give you the cash and you will sign off on it correctly. So maybe this is a lesson learned for a new money character, a brother like uh, Ryan. All right. Moving on. Smokey Robinson recently shared his thoughts on being called African-American. In a recent video, he said, I resent being called an African-American. When you do that, you're disclaiming all the contributions Black people have made to America. I consider myself a Black American, and I enjoy being Black. Do you agree with what Robinson said? Q, let's go to you first. What do you think about this? I hate to do smoking like this, but he need to go sit his senile ass down somewhere, okay? No! Like, yes, like, and he was splitting hairs at, at this moment. African-American, Black American, tomato, tomato. None of what he was saying made any sense to me. Okay. Okay. Al, what do you think? Do you want to be called the African-American or Black American? Listen, I, I unfortunately, I have to disagree with uh, Funky on this one. I had to read this article twice to really digest exactly what he was saying and to understand it. And to be honest, this is a topic that should go in one of our Fox Soul Town meetings because it's very deep. It's layered and it's complex. I do understand why Smokey Robinson is saying this. He was born in the 40s. So this is a man who grew up during after World War II, right? He grew up during the civil rights movement when we were accelerating social change and demanding for equality. We were saying, listen, we are just as much as Americans as any other American here because we built this country and we would continue to shape the positive impact that this company has seen due to slavery and us being liberated through civil rights. I totally get what he's saying when he's saying, listen, why does it have to be African-American? Why does it have to be Black American is what he said. He said, why can't we just be Americans? We've earned it and we've worked hard to be called just Americans. And I start thinking about this thing even more. And I thought about it. I have a coworker, guys, <clears throat> who is African. But he is white African and his family is from Africa and he associates and identifies as an African American. How strange is that? Because his family is from Africa, 
but he was raised and born in America. So he identifies himself as an African-American. So I kind of I'm kind of understanding this whole concept of destigmatizing the word black. I'm also understanding the deeper conversation that's needed in like a town hall forum around this word African-American. I wouldn't just throw Smokey away about on this one. I think he has a lot of smart things to say, and it's something that we owe some attention to. I agree a little bit with both what both of you said. On one hand, it's like, okay, but I think white people still don't know what to call us. And I think right. that's their way they 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 call us the N-words, then it was colored. Then I think they came with this politically correct thing to call us African American, which definitely isn't accurate because there's a lot of black people from the Caribbean, from other parts of the world. And you know, I mean, I guess you can trace it back to Africa eventually, but you know, I, I get what he's saying. It does kind of take away from America. You think American is white. I mean, it's black. Someone in the chat said, um, uh, no, what says yes. Nobody calls white people European American. No one says that's an Italian American. They just say American. So I, I get that. But Smokey has enough uh, skin in the game where he can say what he wants, I guess. But, the thing that threw me, though, from what I got in the email that we received, he wasn't asking or he wasn't asking to be called American. He said he likes to be called a black American. Well, you're black because you're African. You see no, what no, I'm no. Saying? He so, said in the, in the article, he said he wants to remove black and he wants to remove African. He okay, just wants I, to an I American. Corrected. I American, corrected it. I, American, missed, American, I, American. I misinterpreted the article. You know what? Basically, you just can't say anything about anything anymore. <laughs> and that's when people will be happy because I don't know what we're supposed to be able to say anymore. I don't know well, what it is. The only thing that I will fuss with uh, Smokey Robinson about is it's a shame that a man with that much money and that much access has not been to the continent of Africa. All right. Interesting conversation. Smokey, come on the show and talk to us about it. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with more TGIF after this. Welcome back to TGIF. Shout out to the chat. 2200 strong. We see y'all. All right, y'all. We got to get into this story. It's been all over the news and it has the potential of becoming a really, really big issue. The booking photo of WNBA star Brittany Griner, who was de detained in Russia after officials allegedly found a vape with cannabis oil in her luggage, has been released. This is the first time Griner has been seen, has seen uh, publicly since her detainment in February. Now, Russian officials say they have launched a drug trafficking investigation. Griner's wife, Sherelle, is asking for Britney's safe return and for prayers and privacy until Britney is home safely. Uh, this is a scary situation. What are your thoughts on this update, Al? What do you think about this? Oh, gosh, this is huge. Guys, this is huge. This is huge. This is huge to me. And, I, you know, Shirley, my heart goes out to you. I know that you're afraid, given that we are in conflict. There's a war going on and your loved one is caught. But we can't keep this private. We've got to make this very public. We need to make this a very big deal here in the United States and around the world. I'm like I'm, I'm, I'm emotional with this because, as we know, Putin is using Putin is using this uh, as a way to get back to the United States. And this could easily turn into a hostage situation in which an American superstar athlete is going to be used as an example um, uh, by the Russian um, country. I, I, I'm, I'm super concerned. 
I'm super worried. I hope that Biden does the right thing. He better get on a plane and go get our sister. I do hope and what I'm liking and what I'm seeing is that this is this will be the first black lesbian woman that's going to be thrust into the forefront. And she's going to be a a well-known figure associated with this war, which I think is going to be great. It's going to give her a voice that we've never heard before from a black lesbian athlete. So I am super concerned about her safety and I'm super concerned about her life, but we've got to do something about this and we've got to do it fast. This has got to be extremely scary for her. She's got three strikes against her. She's black. She's um, an American and she's a lesbian. Now, I don't know if y'all seen any videos from Russia about what they do to the LBGTQ community. They are extremely violent and abusive to their own Never mind a black American woman in times of war where Putin needs a, a, a political pawn in this. Q, what do you think about this? You know, minus the war, I just want to say y'all stop traveling with that stuff. You know, when I be going to L.A., people be trying to give me them, them edibles and all that type of stuff. And I be so nervous about putting that stuff in my suitcase because it's just a stupid thing to get caught for. And I'm not blaming her whatsoever or trying to make it seem like it's her fault. I'm just saying for the viewers out there, y'all stop traveling with this stuff. Uh, get it wherever you're going. Um, and again, outside of the war, I mean, this really is not even worth the time, money, or energy that they're putting into it for a doggone cartridge. Obviously, like Al said, this is much bigger than that cartridge. He's trying to use her as a political pawn. I'd be curious to know if they knew who she was prior to stopping her or if they just thought she was just random black woman usa um but yeah y'all stop trying she plays over there in russia and she gets like a million dollars a year way more than what she gets here so she's known over there here's the thing though i I went to bali right with my friends and people there was some conversation someone said let's get some weed the cab driver said "Uh uh-uh not here they talked about these australians that came over and there's certain countries where the death penalty is still um, given for people that bring weed. They call it drug trafficking, even though it was a little cartridge and fire death by firing squad in some of these countries. Wow. You have to really be careful. So if you're going to be over there and make a million dollars a year, you got to like, I'm sure someone gave her the heads up of how strict they are. A cartridge with some oil in it. I think it's a reach. But I'm just saying to my brothers and sisters that like to go overseas with weed. Be very careful because a lot of countries, you know, we take our American rights and entitlements overseas and we think it's the same. Some of these countries are very erratic and very um, over the top when it comes to weed. So, So, Q, I just wanted to address your concern about if they knew her. This is very intentional. The Russian agency that leaked this um, this uh, headshot is is intentional. They knew who they got. They got the whole surveillance camera footage from the airport at the time. She's tall as hell, number one. Everybody knows her. Like like Claudia says, she plays there, you know, a lot on on her off season. This is where she makes the majority of her money. So that Russian um, spy, I guess they're considering it a spy. The theory is that that agency that posted it knew exactly who they had because they have arrested. She's one of what they say now is 10 to 15 Americans that have been arrested for trumped up charges. So she just happened to be the biggest star to get the biggest attention for the U.S. media. And Biden can't go over there. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's, the stakes are too high for him to go over there and get a girl that had a cartridge of weed. 
You know what I mean? Like you can't, the president can't go with it right now. This is wartime. Like it's crazy right now. Like there's you know, no solution. There's no easy solution to this. And I'm really scared because in, in a situation where the whole national security is on the line, mm-hmm. unfortunately, sometimes the few get sacrificed for the many. You know what I'm saying? And I don't, I don't know that going to get her and please don't take my words out of context and make this oh because she's a black woman. I don't know if going to get her would be worth the 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 turmoil that it may cause for us. Mm. We're trying to avoid World War Three right now. Right. We're we're making very difficult decisions to, to how we're going to get these planes over to the Ukraine without looking like that we're assisting them pub- publicly. Like we, this is the least of our, this should be the least of our worries right now. Americans overseas, button up, don't give them anything. Like we, we can't afford that right now. And Brittany, I know your family must be so scared. So we, our thoughts and prayers are with you and I hope they let you go, but. We better save that woman. All right, y'all in January, a woman sued Chris Brown for allegedly drugging and raping her. Now alleged text messages between the woman and Chris Brown have been leaked. And people are questioning her story. The text revealed that the woman relocated to Los Angeles immediately after meeting Brown and sought to meet up with him at least four times in the last year. Now, one of the texts of Chris Brown reads, I have a question. Um, do you just be wanting to F me or can we hang out like on some chill shit during the day? I know you be busy and it's cool if you just want to F. I just want to know my role. Now, if these text messages are real, because nowadays, it's, I mean, you can doctor anything. Um, does this shine a different light on the story? Because, you know, this is a whole different twist. Q, I see you chomping at the bit. What do you think about this? Listen, that question has to be the most dumpiest, low self-esteem type of damn question. That question is such a turnoff to ask somebody. It screams. It screams. <laughs> It I'll just, take anything. Right. It screams groupy. It screams um, that you were just an object used for service and that you're aware of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, it screams you gave it up too easy. Um, it screams all that. And quite frankly, the text messages make you look like a whore. They do. And um, I think it's very messed up what you did to this boy granted i i don't have all the facts but it's looking like you got mad because your ass got ghosted after you gave up the skins and now you want to claim rape and all this type of stuff and i think it's a special place in hell for women like you who completely undermine the me too movement and so on and so forth because you got screwed in miami and you took it as license to move your ass halfway across the damn country and you thought Chris Brown was actually going to be with you? Like, really? Like, who is raising y'all whores? Uh, city girls down bad. We down bad. They down bad. I'm not a city girl. I'm, I'm a city mama. I'm not a city mama. I'm a city auntie. Al, what do you think about this story? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm torn here. Um, number one, great job, Chris Brown. Um, because 
The one thing that you have to do in a civil case when you're being sued for $20 million and you go in front of a jury is that you have to convince that jury, you have to put in doubt in their mind, just a 1% of doubt in their mind that she is after you for the wrong reasons. And these text messages proves that 100%. And from what we understand, it proves this so much that the woman's lawyer has now withdrawn from the case. So she's going to have to go out and get her another lawyer because any lawyer that has this case knows that those text messages will introduce suspicion and second thought on whether or not she got raped or whether this is a ploy to get money from Chris Brown. But I am still going to say this, and I've said this every time we talk about him and Trey Songs or whoever, young, Black, successful men in the entertainment and sports industry, please stop putting yourself in these positions to have to defend yourself against sexual deviance and sexual assault cases. It's just not worth it. Please, please, please do better. I said it before. Some people came from my neck. Listen, y'all, you have a lot to lose. Why are you letting just any old chick off Instagram get that close to you to get your DNA? You got to convince her to take a plan B. And, and she's at, you're at her mercy. Now, we'll say this, ladies that do this. I won't even call you ladies. Whores that do this. You, um, real victims of sexual abuse, we have no love for you. You mess it up for the ones that have a real case. And mostly the ones that have real cases are too afraid to come forward because bitches like you mess it up for the ones that's telling the truth. So please knock it off. And I would like for them to enact a law, pass a law, a bill, where women that falsely accuse me of this, knowing it's false, that there's some kind of repercussions for this because the damage you do is not easy to just undo with the, I'm sorry, my bad. She they, hasn't should get, they should get whatever sentence that he would get had it been true. I agree. Ooh. You're doing a lot of damage to the man and you're doing a lot of damage to your fellow women out there that are afraid to come forward for what you do, messing it up, crying wolf. Let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be back with more TGIF after this. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all. Saucy Santana reflected on being known as a gay rapper. He stated, I initially was so big on being accepted by the straight people that I didn't want to be known as a gay rapper. Now, I don't mind someone calling me a gay rapper or a, or a LGBTQ rapper because that is my community, that is my culture, and that is who I'm fighting for. Do you think there's a place in the LGBTQ community for hip hop, Al, what do you think? Oh, absolutely. Jeez, they have such a strong influence in everything that's going on in the hip hop industry, definitely in the music industry. Uh, um, so yeah, absolutely. Q, what are your you thoughts on this? I'm really glad that you asked that question. And it's funny, yesterday I got the opportunity to interview Rick Ross and I actually asked him that question, like what was, uh, how did he feel about hip hop embracing the LGBTQ community? Will there ever be a place? And uh, let's take a look at a snippet from that interview and see what Ross had to say. What is your take on uh, gay rappers like Santana perhaps coming into the game? What are your thoughts on that? I'm not familiar with the name Santana, but live your life, chase, chase your dreams and go hard, man. Mm -hmm. Go hard. Do you think hip hop will ever embrace the LGBT community fully? I believe hip hop has already embraced it, mm -hmm. without a doubt. 
What are your thoughts on Ross's comment? What do you think about that? And congratulations, Q, for landing that interview. Thank you, Q. Thank you much. Thank you. You know, it, it was a phenomenal interview. Uh, Rick Ross was very warm. He was very forthcoming with his information. Um, and I was surprised at his answer because, you know, a lot of these guys... They, they have these egos and this thing about having street cred and they try to shy away from questions surrounding homosexuality, so on and so forth. And Rick was actually very forthcoming with all of his answers. And for those of you guys who want to watch the full interview to see all the things that we talked about, you can go to my YouTube page, Funky Dineva, on YouTube and check out the full interview. I mean, we talked about a lot of things, uh, you know, entertainment's role and the push for HBCUs. We talked about him as a businessman. We talked about him coming from Miami and being a rapper. And more importantly, I want to shine a little bit of light on. He'll be performing this weekend at Jazz in the Gardens here in Miami Gardens, which is kind of Miami's uh, equivalent of the Essence Festival. For those of you guys who are unfamiliar with this, if you guys definitely check out Jazz in the Gardens. But if you want more from that interview, head on over to my YouTube page, Funky Dineva, and get the full interview. You know, Funky, I just wanted to say great job. I had a chance to look at that interview. I think the way you got all that information from him, the way you shared that you graduated from the same high school together, mm -hmm. the way that you shared that you guys basically grew up a couple of blocks from, from each, each other, other. Mm -hmm. the way that you shared, you know, he had on a fam view, uh, a shirt. You mm -hmm. talked about historically black colleges. I just thought the way that you wrote him in gave us a front seat to his real feelings on the LBGTQ community's yep. influence in hip hop. And that's why he felt so comfortable Most to definitely. share it with you. Great job, brother. Thank you. Keep up the good work. Thank you. And thank to Rick Ross and his people for making it happen. Suzanne McDowell, Circle of One Marketing, she's the one who made it happen. It was a great interview. And uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to uh, interview him on the ground this weekend at the festival. All right. All right. We'll be looking out for that part two mm -hmm. of the Funky Dineva sit down interviews. All right. Cool. All right, y'all. Moving on. A Texas Airbnb host was arrested for secretly filming guests having sex. 44 year old Jay Alley faces 15 counts of invasive visual recording after police found over 2000 images of naked guests and guests engaging in sex. How scary is this Al? What are your thoughts on this? Airbnb or filming his uh his okay, uh, okay, get ready for the jokes. So you guys know that I used to do Airbnb. <laughs> I used to do Airbnb. I mean it's no secret. If you if you're a friend of mine, you know that I, I have had a couple of Airbnbs actually. It was a great side business for me. And there are two things here. I definitely had cameras on my property because I had to make sure that if they broke something, that they would be held accountable. So I understand the, the importance of having cameras, um, especially in New York City and other places. There's a high traffic areas because you have so many people coming out. But what he doesn't have the right to do is to do it without their permission. My guests knew that when they were coming into my home, that the common areas were going to be filmed just to make sure for liability purposes. So I personally think that you can't charge people money and then be out here violate, violating their privacy. You just can't do that. And I think for me personally, because he knew that he was taking uh, advantage of people's privacy, that every picture that he obtained should be every bit of a sentence. He should get a sentence for each of his violations. And another thing, Airbnb might need to start doing background checks 
on their hosts so that psycho sickies like this will not be able to take advantage of the public. KJ does Airbnb and he has cameras throughout his house, his cameras on the outside, the common areas. But one place he doesn't have them is in the bedroom and in the bathroom, because you do have to grant paying customers a degree of privacy. So now if you're having sex on the pool table in the living room, (laughs) it's fair game. You don't. Hey, this camera's out there. That's right. That's right. You're in the bedroom. You definitely have a case. You definitely have a case. Key, what do you think about this? I think he old low down nasty buzzer. That's what I think he is. And um, there's just no excuse for this. I mean, <laughs> child, Pornhub up on my browser right now. You know, what I mean? like, there is just no reason. That, listen, they got so many different. If that's what you're into, like you can go to that genre of porn if you like the amateur stuff. Because I personally like amateur porn. You Me too. Can, you, that's my favorite. Ooh, that's my favorite. Mm, I'm going to send you some. Um, I like to see regular people doing it, okay? Yeah, me but too. That is trifling. And um, to the camera thing in the Airbnb, I definitely get people having to do that. Um, I would not stay at an Airbnb even if it had cameras in the, in the common area. I'm just uncomfortable with feeling like, even if I'm just sitting in the living room watching TV, that somebody is at home watching me. Um, it just makes me a little uncomfortable, but I well, understand. It happens at the hotels. It's at the hotels. Common areas are, are filmed at the hotels. But you know what? Let me tell you what makes his so sick. His was in a cabin back in the woods, like in this isolated place where nothing else. So he 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 basically crafted this. Yeah. This is his thing. He crafted this. He set the stage. And when people checked in, he used to tell them, relax, enjoy yourself. Walk around in your pajamas and get naked if you want to. He's a little bit of psycho on this, yeah. and he should go to jail. Yeah. It is a whole hot-ass mess. Speaking of hot-ass messes, Freddie P. from Making the Band called out Diddy <laughs> in a recent interview for his bad business practices. Now, Freddie said, Diddy's recipe to me has been signing poor people with the story and sending them back to the hood. Let's take a look for, uh, at this clip from Freddie P's interview. That man told me, you think you gonna run back to Miami? I run Miami. I knew his plan. He was gonna go back. He hit, he did it right. Chess, he played chess. When he got the biggest DJ off the radio, shut me down. That's gonna shut me down. I'm not getting no music off. You don't do it with him. He don't want you doing Now, shortly after Freddie P spoke out, Diddy posted an Instagram story saying, stop all your crying, bitching and moaning. Hustle harder or get the F out of your way or our way. What do you think about these claims against Diddy? Al, do you think there's something to them or not? (laughs) Yeah, of course there's something to them. Uh, You know what? It's interesting, though. There's these... I'm trying to understand why these artists are constantly complaining about their record deals, right? And being taken advantage of. That's what record labels and record executives do. That's what they do. This is this is business one-on-one. They know that you are desperate to get your music out into the public and they sign you and you're going to get the short end of the stick. You're going to get raped. I mean, not, oh, that's the wrong word. I shouldn't have said that. You're going to get is taken it? advantage of. 
<laughs> Claudia, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, figuratively speaking, of course. I, I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I can see the emails now. And that comment I mean, is rape- so insensitive to rape survivors. And there's real, oh Lord, people wear Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, she didn't say is it. Okay, hold on. <laughs> Where was that? CGIF. Right. I don't understand how all these artists, you know the game. The game is for them to make money, right? Not for you to get famous and make money. So this has been going on for years. I don't understand how in 2022, you think that you're going to get a different deal than anybody else. And in 2025, you talk about how bad it was. I guess we have to go to commercial, but I would like to come back to this when we return. So we are going to take a quick commercial break, and then we're going to delve deeper into the practices of Diddy and, and, and all this uh, going on. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to TGIF. Now, we hate to leave you on a cliffhanger, so we have to revisit right. the story we went through right before <laughs> break. We were talking about Sean, Diddy, Love, um, Puff Daddy, Puffy, um, Sean Combs, uh, about, you know, the whole making the band thing and about, you know, his reputation with artists. So let's pick up where we left off before we went right. to break. Is so it the artist's fault or is it Diddy's fault? Right. So let me just be very clear. Allegedly exploiting the artist is what I need. I got to make sure that I uh, preference this. So, but, you know, ex- allegedly exploiting artists from record labels and record executives like Diddy has been happening since Frank Sinatra, right? I think what I would like to see more is that artists, instead of them ending up like a lot of the artists that ended up signing with Puffy end up like artists that were on like death row. Those same artists like Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, Ice-T, those are artists that were signed to horrible deals too. But look how they took that opportunity and turned it into multi-million dollar and billion dollar brands. I think artists coming in the game should understand what the business of the music industry is Take that opportunity, flip it. We talked last week about how Sweetie is taking her opportunity and flipping it in, in his YouTube endorsements, McDonald's endorsements, uh, product placement in her thing. Like she's she's really taking this opportunity and riding that bull and take it, riding it by and you, you know, holding the horns or whatever that saying is. Now, in Diddy's case, unfortunately, we can't point to anybody and say that was signed to his label where they've been able to capitalize on the alleged exploitation. And I think maybe that's where we can understand Freddie P's exhaustion. Hugh, what do you think about this story? I'm not feeling nothing that's coming out of Freddie P mouth. All right, making the band was 20 years ago. You don't get to come 20 years later and talk about your life is ruined because of Diddy. Like, what have you been doing in the last 15, 20 years? Take your ass down to Publix Warehouse, Winn-Dixie Warehouse, get a job. Okay, go get you a CDL license and drive a truck. Go to hair school and make wigs and do sew-ins. Like he said, he can't. He said he's too recognizable. Oh, he says he's too and, recognizable. And that, was, that was the other, that and that was the part where I was done with the interview because y'all remember um, the man from the Cosby Show that went and worked at Trader Joe's and they snapped a picture of his ass. You talking about you can't get a job because you're recognizable? That's self-imposed. That's ego. That's ego. Yet you, you, you are not too good. So you rather starve and complain about not having any type of success in no life because you're too good to stock shelves at Target or fold towels at Ross. 
I'm not here for it. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's making you sell drugs. And in addition to that, you've got to get smart. The internet and Instagram have been around for the longest. Go call Bap's ass, or Bab's, or Bap's, whatever. <laughs> go, go call her ass, and y'all put together a two-man group and tour around the world. Start freestyling on social media. Freddie P started all these excuses. Oh, he took, Ross won't endorse me. Khaled won't mess with me. We are living in the Instagram era. You don't need none of that. Start rapping and putting that stuff on YouTube. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if that's what you want to do. But it's not Diddy's fault that 20 years later, your life is still off track. I'm not, I'm, I'm not here for you. You know what? I'm going to be honest with you. Freddie P, I think you would be a perfect cast member for a show that's talking about second chances and, or a show about um, are you made for it? I think he would be the perfect candidate to watch to see if he was blackball or blacklisted, if today he still have the skill set to make it as an artist. Claudia, you should executive produce something like that, like a second chance. Like think about the women on Love and Hip Hop and how they've been rebirthed and have actually had very successful careers. This could be something interesting for Fox Soul to explore as a music play on the platform. Uh, okay. You know what? Um, I could say that. I'm going to say this. I think, again, this is, I think, is a case of two things can be true at the same time, right? I think, yeah, okay, it was 20 years ago, but let's not act like he's not the first one that's saying this about Diddy, right. allegedly. Yeah. I think that Diddy is an amazing a businessman for himself. And I think Diddy, I think he can redeem himself because he does definitely has this reputation that's been following him around for a long time. Like, you know what? Like, it's really definitely a cloud over him. If Diddy do, did a show where he could actually teach these young, hungry, up-and-coming artists the game before they got in, where they don't learn the sad, sorry lesson after and be bitter 20 years later. Because there's a whole trail of artists that feel the same way as, as what's his name again? Freddie, Freddie P. P. Freddie P. Sorry. But you know what? That, that is not even unique to Diddy. That is the entertainment. Right. Entertainment, period. Yeah, you yeah. don't get a good contract and you don't make any money right. until you start making money and get a good contract. All right. Yeah, like, right. do y'all know how much free TV I've made? Do y'all know how how how, how uh, many times I've gotten paid in airfare and hotel, and that's it? You know right. what I'm saying? Until I got big enough to command $1,500. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Rick Ross interview. Come on, Rick Ross. <laughs> I will say that they do say the music industry is one of the most wicked and demonic industries in the land. And they do kind of make you sign your soul away. If you really want it, how bad do you want it? Look at all the documentaries we hear about 20 years later that, oh, this group, TLC, made millions of dollars and they only got $1,500 themselves. You know what I mean? Like we see- I mean, other- and it's, it's this deal or no deal. You know what I'm right, saying? Right. And that, that, that's the unfortunate thing. It's yeah. this, you have no leverage when you are a new artist. You have zero leverage. I personally, I need to see a bad boy's contract. I want to see a bad boy's contract. Because some in that contract said, if you don't make it with me, you're going to go straight to Skid Row. Everybody <laughs> kind of has that same look. Like, with the exception of a couple people, like Willie Taylor still is good. Everyone hey. kind of has that same worn out kind of right rough life's been hard look and it's sad that like it seems to be very consistent with the bad boy artists 
Mary, you was you man, you the goat. Okay, um, let's get into this. Boosie came to Rihanna in ASAP Rocky's defense after a host on Vlad TV said she was disappointed. He was disappointed that Rihanna didn't get married before getting pregnant. Let's take a look at Boosie's response. But you can't judge her for not being married. Fair enough. Like, bro, Fair people, enough. if a baby comes, right. the baby's coming. Um, Boosie, I need you to get on. I, I need Boosie to be on the T.S. Madison show. Boosie, if you're watching this, we would love to have you on the T.S. Madison show because I would like to see that conversation with Boosie and T.S. Madison. I think it'll be explosive. Anyways, uh, he defended Rihanna. I'm thinking someone maybe took him to the side and said, look, man, you can't afford any more missteps. And he, he you know, I don't know. I kind of agree with what he said. What do y'all think? Now, y'all know I don't mess with that damn Boosie, but this is the one time that Boosie said something out of his mouth that actually made sense to me. And I was like, get them, Boosie. That's right. Like, you know, we don't live in the doggone 40s anymore. You don't have to get married before, you know, having a child. If, if you're in a committed relationship and they got to understand, first of all, Rihanna got enough money to make as many mistakes as she want to make. She got enough money to pick the wrong man 17 times over and have 17 different kids from 17 different men if she wanted to. They are perfectly fine. And I hate that Vlad even asked that old tired ass, antiquated ass question. Oh, real quick. Uh, my bad. I stand corrected. Mary was not on Bad Boys. She was on Uptown. Let me go ahead and fix that. Because here at TGIF, we are all about the facts, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So we, you know, we fact check on the spot. Al, what do you think about Boosie and what he said? about? Listen, I, you know, guys, I've said it before. I, I was really hoping that Rihanna would, would get married before she had a baby. But let me tell you what I caught on this interview that I'm surprised nobody else has picked up. Now, DJ Vlad said that he made a peer analogy and the peer analogy that he gave was, do you remember that Jay-Z and Beyonce got married before they had a child? And Bootsy's response is what really got me. He actually said to the peer analogy of Jay-Z and Beyonce, he said that he, can I say mother, you know what, can I say that? Say mother effer. Mother effort. Okay, so he said, everybody ain't got to be a mother effort. They jump in a marriage and still mother effort, sneak and geek. So he basically was calling out Jay-Z, which I loved. And then the second thing he said about the peer analogy of Jay-Z and Beyonce was everybody ain't for no fake ASS marriage. I can't believe nobody has picked up on these two things that he said as it relates to the conversation that G.J. Vlad had. You guys need to go check this out. This one's hot. Rihanna, do what you want. If I was you, you make more money. Don't marry him. Exactly. Do not marry him. <laughs> exactly. He has great skin and great hair, and you're probably going to get a beautiful baby out of this. But y'all good as is. Yeah. Rihanna, I feel like I'm your big sister. You good. You, I trust everything you do. You good as is. All right, y'all, we'll take a quick commercial break. Oh, you want to say something? No, 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 go ahead. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about, I'm sorry. Damn it, Kanye, Kim, we have one more story about them. We'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. Uh, chat room, let me look at y'all. 2869, thank you very much. All right, y'all, it looks like uh, Ye is still finding ways to get under Kim Kardashian's skin. Ye liked one of Larsa Pippen's Instagram photos that was posted in January. In the photo, Larsa is flaunting black lingerie. Now, we all know that Kim Kardashian had a fallout with Larsa. 
Do you think it was an innocent like? Hell no, it wasn't innocent like. Was Yay trying to taunt Kim? Al, Q, whoever wants to go first, what y'all think? I, I wonder if it's a dig at Chloe or is a dig at, at Kim? Because wasn't it, uh, she slept with, uh, oh Lord, allegedly had some type of sexual relations with Tristan, right? Q? Yeah. Tristan's so for the streets, Tristan's God damn. The streets. Pro- probably, um, but whatever. This is Kanye being Kanye. Next story. Yeah. Kim ain't thinking about him. She's at Jeff Bezos' mansion in New York City. She's planning trips to space. Huh. And she's at Balenciaga Fashion Show. It's back to business as usual for that Kardashian brand. Without And, and Pete's nickname is Pete the Meat. <laughs> Kanye has allowed this breakup to just really reduce him to the most common of common. He's just just a commoner the way he's carrying on. At right. this point. Have some damn dignity, you know what I'm saying? And 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 I'm I'm no longer going with this mental illness, bipolar mess. Ain't nothing wrong with his ass. And miss other, me with this is an ass. Miss me with it's just art that I'm stalking you. No, it's not. Uh-huh. Okay, moving on. Uh, Keisha Cole's episode of uh, TV One's Uncensored. She took a walk down memory lane and opened up about an incident with Eve that ended their friendship. Keisha recounted a moment when she was out with Eve. She claimed that a woman got a little too close to Eve and grabbed her purse. Keisha said she turned around and slapped the woman because she was trying to protect her friend. Now, after the incident, Eve stopped hanging out with her because she didn't want to be associated with violent behavior. Now, do y'all agree with how Eve reacted to that situation and for Cole for later understanding why it happened? Q, what do you think about this? <laughs> He said, uh-uh, baby, you too damn ghetto. You can't go nowhere with me. You know what I'm saying? Um, you, you, you know, here, here is the thing. Um, I don't know for a fact, but Eve was probably already having some feelings of doubt as it relates to being friends with Keisha and her behavior and, and, and the way she conducts herself to just cut her off cold turkey like that. Because the way Keisha tells the story is as if Eve cut her off cold turkey. You know, Eve got this millionaire man. Eve got her brand. Eve has done a very good job of transitioning her brand from street gritty hip hop to now she's able to sell anything from Pampers to sheets to Tide laundry detergent if she wanted to. And that lady don't want that stuff around her. You see the, the brat ended up in prison. Remy Ma ended up in prison fooling around with that type of stuff. And, you know, based on who your friends are, you can mess around and lose everything. So I think the proper thing for Eve to have done would have been to kind of talk to Keisha about it. But um, I, I don't see nothing wrong if, if she deems somebody not being, you know, right to be in her life. I mean, they both have a lot to lose. So if you feel like one of your friends is like kind of behaving the way you wouldn't appreciate, I get it. Al, what do you think about this? We have uh, oh, 30 seconds. Well, you know, I feel like Eve was at a different point in her career. Remember when those when those two men, Eve was on TV, she had a sitcom, Eve was rapping, Eve was just moving in a different space. She's from Philly and um Keisha Cole's from East East Oakland, right? They they have a similar background, but Eve is just like, no, where I'm going, I can't be attached to this. It's just too much liability. I think Eve knew early on she was going to marry a billionaire and name her kids some abstract name like Apple or Fendi or Finn or, you know what I mean? Like you get that next level money. Hey, you know what? 
Some friendships last a season, and, and, and that's just what it is. All right, y'all. I want to thank my co-hosts, Al Reynolds and Funky Dineva, for joining me tonight. Thank you for watching us on YouTube. Stay tuned for T.S. Madison. Turned out with T.S. Madison. That's all coming up next. We'll see you on Friday.